recently released was Earth's 2018 Arctic Report Card. And this is the coalition of research from 81 scientists in 12 different countries who sort of look at what happens throughout the year, how the temperature looks, how the polar ice caps are holding up. And also, and this is very important for sea life in the rest of the oceans, the plankton blooms and kind of what time they happen. Um, and that's measured in the Bering Sea. So this is something that... Uh, when you look at past years is incredibly alarming um many of the different years that we've had in the past decade have not been nearly nearly as desperate as this and when we compare the 2018 graph to the graph from the 1980s it's incredibly alarming and that you realize that the change has become incredibly objective, informative, um, and even just looking at different pictures from a load of different sources, you see whether it is the climate change researchers in America or the climate change researchers in every other industrialized country in the world, what we find is that Everyone acknowledges that if you look at the satellite images of the Earth, that the sea ice is melting. And so what we observed is that this year, the Arctic region experienced the second warmest air temperatures ever recorded, the second lowest overall sea coverage, and also the lowest recorded winter ice in the Bering Sea. And the plankton blooms, they came early as a result of all of the ice that had been melted throughout the Bering Sea. So there is a lot less snow cover. Um, in tundras, we see a lot more greenness than we're accustomed to. It used to be a lot snowier there than it is now. And this is because of slow changing climate. And outside of the context that this is as a result of human action, let's just say, well, it's the end of an ice age. And so Earth is naturally getting hotter. And granted, the general consensus amongst the scientific community is that humans have contributed uh, based on different gases that we've emitted into the air. But outside of that, Earth would be getting warmer even if it weren't for humans. So we need to think of responses for what could possibly change. You know, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, well, what would be the effect of this on someone living 100 years from now? We really don't know. We've never lived in a time where the Earth was in the way that it is now. And it's as a result of the way that the temperature is slightly increased. And, um, you know, the idea that it is the end of an ice age shows that the current places where we live uh, might no longer be around in the future. When we look back at uh, periods where there was Ice Age, there were different places that existed that are now underwater. And the Earth that we know today might not exist millions of years from now. And I think that's what's really revealing about seeing the polar ice caps slowly melting is it does go back and forth, right? And so different lands form over time like the beaches change they're not in the same place every time but humans we live so in such short periods of time that to us relatively it seems as if the earth is pretty much the same the entire time that we're here and so thinking about it in the context of an ever-changing earth really gives you a new perspective on sort of our role in living here you know we want to be able to have generations as far down the road as we can get so what are the changes in our lifestyles that we're going to have to make in order to accommodate for the changes that we'll see in our lifetime but more importantly the changes that will come in the future so 
if you're looking to learn a bit more, I learned the most from a Science Daily article about it, but there's a bunch of stuff published throughout December talking about how the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration did a very in-depth research, and I would pay special attention to what happened in the Bering Sea. That's really what's most alarming to me. Um, But beyond that, if you are interested in contributing to future episodes, feel free to reach out to us. We are at Natural United on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, We also have LinkedIn and YouTube if you want to check those out. But thank you guys for listening to this episode of Free Speech, and we'll see you guys very soon. The Caspian tiger resided in the Middle East and Central Asia and was mostly known for hanging around eastern Turkey and western China. This is until the end of the 20th century when they became extinct. What's wild about them is that they're actually very close in ancestry to the Siberian tiger, only about 200 years off in genetics, but they're they're entirely uh, unique species and they became fragmented as a result of mostly human action but a lot of other environmental factors as well and so what we do know is that tigers were killed by large parties of sportsmen and also people who were in the military but they're also hunting for large wild pigs and so what is wild is that the population of wild pigs also experience a rapid decline during the same time that the tigers were being hunted and there are a lot of environmental factors contributing to this but most of them being like overhunting and natural disasters um a lot of the animals were catching diseases and on top of that there is just a massive decline in the population of both of the larger animals in the environment and so Beyond that, their food sources became a lot more difficult as a result of different crops in around the area. And tigers are also just generally vulnerable to changes in the nature around them, and they require a lot of space to exist. And so being confined to such small places definitely made it a lot more difficult for them to live. What's ironic about the entire situation is that the Russian government put in a lot of effort to try and protect them. But unfortunately, it was a bit difficult to suggest that they weren't a part of the cause in that their military would also clear predators from the forest to protect soldiers during the war. And so this often meant at the fate of the tigers. So there were conservation efforts, uh, but they were not enough to continue the species for future generations and in iran caspian tigers were protected and eventually scientists from the department of environment were looking through where the caspian forest resided and they were unable to find the tigers and there have been many different restoration projects that have occurred as a result of this um but beyond that what's wild to think about is that there is this incredible breed of tigers that has existed on earth for longer than humans have and they no longer exist forever as a result of mostly human action and so it's situations like this that make me realize we need to definitely consider more seriously the role that animals play in the world and at the rate that we're headed now there are bound to be many more Caspian tigers that people generations from now look back on that we know of 
as animals that exist on Earth. And so I think it would be very, very beneficial for the human species to maintain as much biodiversity on Earth as possible. And if you want to learn more about some of the ways that I think that we can do this, check out our YouTube channel. We have a handful of our most recent videos talking about a relatively similar topic. And if you guys, as I mentioned before, have any ideas that you want included on future podcasts, feel free to reach out to us at Natural United on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you guys for your time and have a great day. Hope to see you soon. The universe is incredibly old. It began with the Big Bang, as we all know, which was estimated to have happened about 13.7 billion years ago, give or take 130 million years for air. So how did astronomers discover that this was the number of years it had been since the Big Bangs happened? Well, what they did is they measured the composition of matter and energy density throughout the universe, and that enabled them to understand exactly how quick the universe was expanding relative to how long it had been since each of the series of the Big Bang. But what you have to understand is that we are currently in the third series. And each series, the planets and stars that exist in the universe and throughout the universe's galaxies, they begin to get smaller. And so given we're in the third stage, this means that in the prior stage, billions of years ago, in the second stage, that all of the planets and stars were larger than what we're accustomed to. We're not sure how long this trend will continue, but what I can assure is that given how long it takes for each of these different series to occur, it won't be something that we'll have to worry about within our lifetime. Thank you guys for tuning into free speech. And as always, feel free to share ideas that you have for future episodes.